0: It's not quite complete if I'm not doing some movement, if I'm not getting out and having an experience. Why not join us for a vacation and move your body, laugh, experience joy with us in Europe this summer. That's right. The Lit Team is coming to Europe. We start off in Paris, France, July 15th through 16th. Ooh la la. We have two classes there, Prime Your Power and Find Your Lift. We also have some excursions like private wine and vegan cheese tasting and a Sunday brunch. Then we head on to Frankfurt, Germany, July 18th through 20th. There I'm doing three classes, Power of the Pole, Master Psoas, and Set to Launch. We also have a private guided bike tour that you can join us on. So it's not just in the studio, but outside. We congregate. We laugh We experience good food. We have fun. And then finally, we will end up in Salzburg, Austria, July 22nd and 23rd. There will be three classes there, Sustainable Shoulders, Better Backbending, and Spark. And then you can join us, I'm so excited for this, on a private Sound of Music bike tour. That's right. You can do things in the studio, outside the studio, move your body, learn from us. You don't have to be a Lit Daily subscriber. You don't even have to ever practice Lit. But do you want to know more about your body? Do you want to have hope for your future self by actually learning educational tools while having such a great time with us? So join us. Go visit the show notes and sign up. Remember, we're going to be in Paris, Frankfurt, and Salzburg. And we'd love, love, love to have you join us. As you may already know, not all movement practices are designed in an equal way. In the Lit Yoga Method, we help you retrain your brain and body to move better for everyday life. Through physical therapy drills, yoga, functional mobility, core stability, and flexibility, the Lit Method rewires habitual movement patterns and postural imbalances to help you feel stronger, more energized, and more balanced both on and off the mat. Our online platform, The Lit Daily, is designed for easy convenience with a robust offering of class types, so you can boost your energy while getting stress relief. Improved brain wiring means you will move with more ease and efficiency because we teach you the how and why behind movement choices, not just poses for the sake of poses. All movement teachers on the platform are certified by Lit and share a common language, providing education with clear cues that give you the needed reinforcement for enhancing your movement habits. Thousands of students in over 50 countries get Lit to feel more confident, more powerful, and more alive. We offer two subscription options for all levels and bodies. The Lit Daily option consists of over 500 classes in our library with so many categories I can't even list them, but some include short on time, injury prevention, stress reliefs, and different body parts. There's also a Tuesday and Thursday live class that's streamed on the Daily, and there's always a class of the day to help you take the guesswork out of what class to do. Lit Daily members also get 50% off the monthly workshops. The Lit Prime subscription offer has everything in the Daily plus... Over 20 weekly live Zoom classes with Lit teachers providing real-time feedback. This is wonderful for community and to get your feedback from a teacher for your own alignment. We also get free monthly workshops in the Lit Prime option. Both of these are streamable right into any TV or device through an Android, iPhone, and iPad apps. Movement changes everything. And when we move better, we feel better. So sign up for our free two week trial and see how getting lit can help you feel your best today and for years to come. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monthly Motivation. This month's motivation should be your motivation all the time, and it is about working on posture. It's the science of why posture matters, and it's something that I talk about every single day because posture is our carriage of our energy. It carries everything, our history, our emotions, our physiological happenings. And when people say posture doesn't matter, they aren't looking at the complete picture of what posture actually is. So you might not realize that there is often a debate in the fitness world, physical therapy world, that posture doesn't really matter. It can be very confusing, these claims that posture doesn't matter or any any posture is just fine, just like any movement is fine. And intuitively, those debates have never made sense to me because intellectually and innately, I know the benefits of optimizing posture. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in the thousands of people I've worked with. So before we go through some of what these the posture naysayers um, have claimed, let's first define posture. As I mentioned, posture is a carriage of energy, but it is really defined by the world-renowned Cleveland Clinic as the position in which you hold your body upright against gravity while standing still or lying down. And the word comes from the Latin root poner, which means to put or place. Now, that alone should make us stand at attention. Don't we want to have things in a more orderly place? Don't we want to put them in an organized fashion? We know how it feels so good to walk into an organized and clean clean room, and our posture is going to keep us feeling more organized and having this clean sense of energy. But, uh, I digress. Okay, so first, let's let let's glance some of the evidence that posture doesn't matter, um, which actually don't even say that completely. So Dr. Evil Lederman, who is an osteopath at the University of College London's Institute, he wrote, to date, all the research has shown that there's no relationship between any postural factors, including the shape and curves of the back, asymmetries, and even the way we use our spine to that of developing back pain. There's no relationship between sitting and developing back pain. Yes, if you already have back pain, you might feel it more when sitting, but it is not the cause of the back pain. He goes on to say, however, it is true that once you have back pain, then your posture may indeed affect it. Sitting for a long time is best avoided. So he says, after someone has back pain, I would suggest they go to get a bit of advice from a qualified person about how they can move with more confidence and less pain. All right, so from a pain science article, so right again, that that is not correlating pain with posture, but it's not including other things besides pain, because pain is a signal that we interpret in our ba- brain, but there's other signals that are important to know, which includes like our nervous system and our motor firing, how we move, um, how well equipped we are to move, that do relate to a posture. So from a pain science article, it was written, posture matters a little but not a lot. Many habitual postures are the result of long-term adaptations to anatomical quirks, and it's difficult to try to change them. Most other so-called poor posture is actually just awkward adaptation to bad ergonomics, which involves postural stress, but isn't poor posture per se. So they're really like kind of splitting hairs here because to me, postural stress is a result. It comes from some kind of poor posture adaptation. And It goes on to say, although many people do seem to be vulnerable to physical stresses, including postural stress, the most relevant and fixable problem is probably the unusual vulnerability, not necessarily the posture. Healthy people should be able to easily tolerate mild to moderate postural stress. Well, that's probably true, but they're healthy and they probably have pretty good posture. So they go on to say that, you know, in general, working on getting more exercise is probably going to help you more than any kind of posture method that a posturologist or posture guru can give you. Okay. I I agree with, we're not actually disagreeing on much of this, except that I don't discount posture as a part of the, as an important ingredient. Um, It also says the existence of a study. So this is what a lot of people reference um, this kind of, study of triggers for back pain. And the the results emphasized both that posture isn't a major risk factor but for back pain, but that it isn't nothing either. So that, that was their conclusion. So it he, they go back to talk about these temporary awkward postures as postural stresses, which really can be the most exacerbating for back pain, which is true. But wouldn't you say that an awkward posture could in fact be because somebody has poor postural awareness. And it concludes, this is that same um, study, that obviously we don't want to throw out the posture baby with the bath water. It's clearly one of the many factors included in body pain, even if it's also clear that it's not alone. So yes, I agree, it's not alone. But to say that it doesn't impact potential pain is is also not true either, even if, you know, sources have said that, um, because it's it can be a contributing factor that leads to discomfort. But pain should be the lowest bar is what I want to talk about. Um, the last thing they say about this, their conclusion of this study, is posture is almost certainly associated with some pain problems, but much more weakly than some people believe. Postural habits with clear consequences and easy fix are almost unheard of. Much much of so-called poor posture is actually just postural stress and being stuck with bad ergonomics. Not necessarily a postural problem at all. Um, That to me, and then, then then it also says, about the only clear benefit to tinkering with posture is that it can affect mood, emotion, and probably pain sensitivity. To me, those seem like good reasons alone your mood, your emotion, and then how sensitive you are to pain. Those are really important reasons to tinker with your posture. So now I'm going to go to the why posture is important. There is as many people that say posture isn't important. There's a whole handful that say that it is. So Harvard Health being one of them says good posture is important. And it's important for so many reasons, one being for balance. All right. So if we stand up, we have our center of mass over two feet, If our balance is not um, or if our posture is not well balanced that's going to impact our balance it's going to impact how well we can stand on one foot how well we can transfer weight and that ability to do those things um, naturally and smoothly can really result in fewer injuries and greater gains so we want to work on posture as a, a, a very important ingredient for balance and We also have other reasons that the Harvard Health points out um, that for physical reasons for poor posture. Inflexible muscles, which are ones that are going to be feeling more neurologically tight, will decrease our range of motion. So that's how far a joint can move in any direction. So if you have, if you've been sitting a lot, which could be a postural stress, you might have overly tightened, shortened hip muscles because you've been in a compressed position, and that can pull your upper body forward, which disrupts your posture, your breathing, and it can make your chest muscles tight, your upper back weak. It can impact the um, positioning of your bones, but also the positioning of the muscles that support the bones. So the good news is, Harvard Health says, is you can improve your posture, and that is true. Well, we can improve your posture, and that's what we work on in LIT. And we work on it because it matters for movement. Now, another study published in NIH, which is another um, reputable source, says habitual posture patterns are associated with musculoskeletal pain, and improving a maladaptive posture requires postural awareness in order to lead to clinical improvements. So, this, in fact, this study, um, which was looking at bringing more postural awareness and how that impacts the association with musculoskeletal pain. This is kind of contrary to what some of the naysayers about posture were saying. They did all the study. They looked at postural control. They looked at it um, in static position, in different um, angles, like perception of joint angles and muscle tension. And it was a pretty large body of evidence that that did point to the fact that improving posture and postural control with patients that are exhibiting especially chronic musculoskeletal pain, um, they it did lead to overall improvements specifically in back and neck pain. There was lower evidence in like shoulder pain. But the, the, the studies also showed that people with some kind of dysfunctional postural control strategy also had decreased proprioceptive acuity. And that proprioceptive acuity, that's like knowing where you are in space. Well, this is really important, not when you're static, when you're sitting. But when you're moving, to have that those fine adjustments to a limb moving, uh, the the spine moving, weight being um, redistributed, that you need all this proprioceptive these receptors that are throughout your soft tissues giving information into your brain. That's called input to the brain. So if you have decreased proprioceptive input, you're going to have a decreased output um, that helps regulate your balance, your posture, your movement. And so these are all things that are kind of highly complex, but still at their essence, come back to showing that improving habitual postural patterns can lead to these improvements of musculoskeletal pain and also prevent what they called chronification or further deterioration. So chronically having um, some musculoskeletal pain, stiffness, tightness, um, decreased proprioception. So I, you know, with all of this to be said, I am going to keep saying posture matters. We, when we talk about posture, it is how we present ourselves. yes. But not having the best posture can actually also affect our physical and mental health. We know with a more upright posture, our mood can change. This has been shown the um, hormones in the brain that have neurophysiological input, make us feel less stressed and more confident when we stand up, right? Uh, this research has been shown that good posture leads to more self-confidence. When we carry ourselves well and feel good about ourselves, we're also less likely to have um, like any kind of diminutive or depressive thinking. That kind of self-confidence and self-esteem really goes a long way. It's also really important for our bone, our joint, our muscle health, because our posture is how we're holding ourselves aligning ourselves and the alignment of our spine correctly is going to put less stress on our joints and bones. And that can lead to not experiencing pain, which we don't want, but also reducing chances of wear and tear, which can happen over time in the form of osteoarthritis. We also know good posture helps with breathing. If you are sitting right now, try and slump and try and breathe. We can't breathe as well when we are not stacked, so to speak, when we don't give our organs the space to expand the diaphragm and the lungs, when we don't give our core musculature the the balance of helping recruit better breathing when we need it, like with running or, or exerting um, energy. And when we're not breathing as well, when we're slouching, we can create tension in places, in our neck and our shoulders, and these kind of tensions have been shown to lead to headaches you know you're not getting great oxygen exchange when you're not standing or sitting tall and it is so clear that having more optimal posture is going to help with your spine and neck there have been more people that i've seen in the last five years with neck issues than and the in the 20-some years before because of the amount of time we're spending at the desk it really really impacts um the the whole nervous system, but it can really lead to the neck and back not feeling great. So pain is one thing, but it's not the only thing. All right, so here's a quick way to think of posture and its importance. And I made up an acronym as, I didn't make it up, but it's for posture. But this is a way of, of helping you think about it and helping you articulate it if you do come across any naysayers. P, postural control is key. So if we took a photo of your static posture, that can give us some glimpse of what you might look like. So that's static, and that is that can be really important. and that that's where your subconscious patterning comes in because you often have you ever taken a picture or gotten a picture taken when you weren't aware of it and you looked and you're like, "Whoa, look at my neck, look at my shoulders." That's kind of your subconscious patterning. And that's your static posture. It doesn't necessarily, show how you're going to move, but it can reveal the imbalances that are there that might show up in movement. Postural control is really understanding how to align yourself first without the presence of movement, which is what we call static posture, as well as being able to maintain optimal alignment in the joints, the different levers of the body that we call it the thoracopelvic cylinder. We've got levers that are coming that make help our limbs move effectively. And all of that is in the presence of movement, which is dynamic posture. So we wanna really, we do want to emphasize the importance of postural control, whether it's statically sitting and standing, and then especially dynamically. And how you stand may not reflect how you move, but it often does. So when I look at somebody standing sitting and i look at their posture i don't necessarily make assumptions that would be not a good physical therapist but i observe and then i can make some kind of i i can string together like okay if they're standing and really pushing out their ribs when they start moving is that pattern still going to be there because that's a subconscious pattern is that postural control going to be diminished because they have started off in this um, kind of suboptimal posture. So postural control is about the motor control. So that's input into the brain and then the brain output into how we're holding ourselves, how we're moving ourselves. We also look at postural control in terms of the pliability and of the tissues, the flexibility of the joints. When I'm moving, if I have postural control and I'm not impeded by some kind of tissue restraint that's good that 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 helps my postural control my postural control might be influenced by the fact that I've been standing in a kind of suboptimal way say like I've tipped my pelvis and my low back has developed a lot of tissue restriction and that could be neural restriction meaning the brain continues to think that that's really really tight when it isn't necessarily shortened but it's neurologically tight and it will give that input into my movement patterns so that I still think that that shortening is there and present. So P, postural control. O, what do we want to do? We want to optimize our posture. And specifically, we want to optimize our dynamic posture. So someone could work on really standing tall and getting like really upright. We call it the triple S and look great. But it, where these people who say posture doesn't matter, where they have... Uh, A sliver of truth is static posture alone doesn't matter. We need to also take it into movement. So how do we take this more optimal posture in static and then take it into movement? Can we keep a stable spine when we're moving? Most of the time we're moving in big functional ways, we want our spine to be stable because that helps to form the better output for motor commands. If I'm really rounding and overly moving the spine if with big movement patterns, my, my um, communication from body to brain and brain back to body is going to be diminished. So uh, we need to get, we need to make sure that we're keeping that aligned spine. And, you know, poor, pot, poor movement patterns in part uh, start because the starting and ending posture, so you could say the static beginning and ending posture, is limited. So a person doesn't really know where their ends are, and that's called motor control. Or their ends are too limited, which is the the motor control sensing that you know there's there's tension, there's neural tension, also known as flexibility issues. So we want to look at how posture is. Um, in static and then optimizing that in movement. All right, sensorial feedback. This is P-O-S-S, we need sensorial feedback because getting back to number P, if I took a photo, a snapshot, that subconscious patterning, that's what my habitual um, posture is. And I can tell someone, you can tell yourself things you need to think about and that's good, but it might not be enough. You might need more. You might need hands-on. You might need to use your own hands for feedback. You might need to, if you're sitting in a chair, you need the chair for feedback to to align yourself better. You might need to add weights to give more motor feedback. You need to change uh, the center of gravity. So, for instance, if if I have a hard time standing, I'm going to bring you down to the floor and bring you into bridge. That's why we start the reset, because... I'm going to change some of the um, center of gravity to make it a little bit easier to find the, the aligned posture, and I'm getting feedback from the floor, from the change of center of gravity, and all those things can improve motor control. So you will need, a lot of times you'll need sensorial feedback. You'll see if you take lit classes with us. We're saying, put your hand here, put your hand on your front ribs, put your hand behind your head, move your head back into your hand. You need feedback to improve the um, input into the brain. So the output is better for that postural control. T for posture, we need to train developmental patterns for dynamic core stability. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, if you take let you know, developmental patterns, these are the ones that we developed in, in growing up from being a baby to crawling, to being on, um, being on our back, flipping on our stomach, getting into crawling, getting into half-kneel. So our low lunge and lit is called a half-kneel or a 90-90. This is a, this is a developmental move. Why do we revisit this every single class? Well, when we improve the fundamentals, which are the developmental stages, we're improving movement patterns and improving our posture because we're recreating the whole process we went through from birth. And that's all, that hard wiring is already there. And we can, the other thing is when you're on the ground, you're getting a lot more input. So you're getting that sensorial input. You start on the ground, the load is not much at all because you're just, you've got the ground to support you. We do a bridge pose, you're getting your neutral pelvis, you're getting your glutes activated. You come around, we do all fours. You, you still have, you know, four points of contact with the floor. And then you can really get more input into the core because you you're more closer to the ground with a lot of input then we get into half kneel half kneel is a great position to check in and optimize your posture think about like taking that bottom knee off the ground what happens for a lot of people in yoga we call it crescent lunge in weightlifting you might call it like a stagger lunge or a step back lunge But for a lot of people with that knee off the ground they will pitch the pelvis and compress the low back, and you're you're just not optimizing the muscular control, the the dynamic stability of the core. So get the knee down and work there, and that's why it really train these developmental stages. It is so 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 important, and and that and it's fun too because every time you you feel like oh I'm feeling really restricted or tight or not engaged, you get down on the ground. And you feel different because the, these developmental moves will increase that proprioceptive feedback through the contact with the floor. We're doing closed-chain movement, which closed-chains means we're, we've got contact with the floor. So when I push down into the floor and I come into bridge, that's a closed-chain hip extension. And it, we, it starts with this lower stabilizing demand to better prepare the body and the brain for dynamic postural stability with bigger movements. And that is where I think everybody agrees that posture does matter, that that dynamic postural control. So we really, really want to pay attention to that. Okay, number, oh, letter U, unusual movement. All right, when you, in your daily life, once you get off the ground as a little kid and you start moving around, you're doing a lot of unusual movement then you get in a chair for school and you stay there and then you stay another 50 years for you know schooling and then work and we really limit our movement experiences so when we want to rewire habits we need to do unusual movement we need to be we need to explore and experiment this is essential for what's called neural plasticity when we do something that's novel We're activating the brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, and that is what increases neuron growth, which is important for neural plasticity. So when we want to change something, when we want to improve something, we don't just go down the road that is the the very hard-worn habit. That is like trying to move through muck. We need to move in an unusual way, in a different way, because that actually will help us move in more of our habitual ways better. So really do unusual movement. You'll see that in lit. Some people get really frustrated. They're like, this is choreography. I'm getting lost. It is so important for your brain and your spirit and your body and your dynamic posture to do these kind of more explorative, unusual um, movements. And it'll help your regular movements. So that's one way to kind of Hack biohack that is don't just try and think okay I I have a hard time every time I squat I I tip my pelvis and I arch my back well let's do some things that are gonna mobilize your hip put your um forearm down but not your the other forearm so you're kind of in a um you're you're in this asymmetrical pose your brain all of a sudden fires a little bit faster and your core is gonna um turn on faster, and then maybe you'll get more hip mobility that way that will then show up more in your squat. So trust me on this, it really helps. All right, R. So we're at R for posture. Repetition. So when you are wanting to improve anything, and that includes your postural awareness, your postural control, you have to just repeat, repeat, repeat. What we're going for with that repetition is ultimately the subconscious patterning for more optimal posture. So remember in P, when we took that snapshot, that's your subconscious patterning, that's your habit that might not be optimal. And we want to repeat all these great um, techniques, working the developmental um, patterning, working on the ground, getting a lot of feedback from our hands, maybe by adding weight, maybe by adding different levers, unusual movements, all of that and repeat it so that we can eventually have it be automatic and that's what will happen and when you get more automatic and you'll notice this and i and i've heard this time and time again with people when you become more automatic and your posture becomes more automatically optimal you also are improving the communication between brain and and the nervous system Um, the brain and the spinal cord and the spinal cord down into the, the the different parts of the body to the point that happens that you will not actually feel comfortable in a slouchy position after a little bit because you're going to get signals quicker. You're going to get that communication. You have increased your proprioception. You're going to be aware of it. So even if you get into that less optimal posture, whether it's static or dynamic, you will have better feedback to, uh, you know, improve it because you've done all this repetition. Finally, e energy. This is where I always go to when people say posture doesn't matter. It's not because they again they, they get really lost in this. Well, posture doesn't isn't um, associated with pain, you know, from a research perspective. And I still don't totally agree with that because it's one ingredient of that. But here is where it really matters: is energy. Okay, an erect in an erect posture. And this comes from, like, Gray Cook, look him up. He is a PT, and he talks a lot about dynamic postural stability and has so much good stuff to say about it. But, you know, in an erect posture, proper alignment of the bones allows the force of gravity to pass through the body to the ground, and then the ground returns that energy up. That's called ground reaction force, and then the force of gravity is going through the body. The force passes through you when you have this more optimal um, alignment and you don't have any leaks of energy, which what what I like to call it. And those energy leaks, if you will be more present if you're not in the most optimal alignment. And when you have an energetic leak, what does that mean? Well, that means that you are creating friction or shearing forces or other stresses that not only imp- impair efficiency, but they can cause micro damage. So there you go. We don't want to go into like what it could do in an injurious way. Let's focus on the energy part. You're less efficient. Well, what does less efficient means That means you're not going to be breathing as well. That means your endurance isn't going to be great. You're not going to have, you might have energy in the morning, but if your posture isn't great by, the, by mid-afternoon, you could feel really fatigued because you just aren't efficient in holding space, in holding your body in space in being able to hold your center of mass in the right way and so optimal mo- movement basically is where you're offering the most benefit at the least cost to the body in terms of stress or energy and optimal movement is going to be impacted in part by your in- by your posture so like good movement good posture is efficient it's coordinated it's aligned it really involves this um, effective division of labor between the postural core muscles, which are the muscles very close to the spine, ribcage, pelvis, shoulder girdle, and then the, what we call the prime mover muscles. So good posture is helping the joints stay in a neutral position. Now neutral, I've, I've mentioned before on other podcasts, but neutral is where you have the most amount of surface area between two bones. Why that's important is when you have more surface area, you have more energy that goes through this in that manner of like the force of the gravity passing through the body without the energy leaks. It's not leaking energy because it's passing through the body in this neutral position. And that allows that easy transition to, um, to do lots of different movement patterns with minimal preparation. Um, and that's what we want. If I'm sitting, I want to be able to get up and run to the door. I want to be able to get under and look something fell on the floor under my bed. I want to be able to get on the floor, crawl over there and get it. And so good posture is responsive to the environment. This is again what um, Gray Cook writes about. And it's responsive to the environment and it depends on the needs of the movement. And the needs of the movement are going to be enhanced because you have good brain mapping. So the, the kind of optimal coordination of the limbs, meaning your upper body, your arms, and your legs, absolutely requires on the optimal coordination and alignment of the spine as the foundation. So think about it this way. Think about somebody slouching, whether it's your, you know, your child, your partner, somebody at school, somebody waiting for the train. When when you're slouching, whether you're sitting or standing, you can slouch. You're kind of hanging on the joints and the soft tissue and, and the ligaments, and these are all considered the passive system of the body, not the muscles. So the muscles would be the active. The strategy of doing that, of hanging out um, on your joints and ligaments, is what's called energetically cheap because you're kind of hanging out on those those tissues, and they don't, you know, the muscles aren't having to work. But mechanically, very expensive in terms of the stress it places on the soft tissues of the passive structure. So the passive structures are your joints, your fascia, your tendons, your ligaments, your cartilage, your bones. It's also expensive in terms of you're, you're not prepared to transition into the next movement. So that person who's slouching has to overcome a lot more um, resistance to start moving again. So we want our neutral, which neutral again is the is is not nothing it's not about perfect. It's not about you're you're there, you got it. But neutral is is kind of the ideal. And again, that's where everything is aligned in a way that offers the most biomechanical, neurophysiological, anatomical, um goodness. And that the interconnection of these functions with motor movement is essential. So it's not just, are we avoiding pain? It's like, are we are we feeling good? or do we have energy? Can we breathe well? Um, can we move well upon, you know, like any kind of stimulus, meaning, like I said, I got to go answer the door quickly. I got to go do this, you know, where I don't have to think about it, but it has it comes to me um more easily if you think about an elite performer think about how they move their movement quality their movement intelligence is really super it's superior this is an example of this like amazing interquality of of coordination organization the organization of of the bones and the muscles preparing to move the bones the coordination between the postural muscles, would stabilize, and the prime movers, which move, an efficient movement comes without the cost of possibly in- injury, because you minimize and you distribute more um, in a more balanced way any mechanical stress that movement might cause. So we really want these um, the neutral spine, neutral pelvis where the adjacent joints are are centrated it's called where again they have the maximum amount of surface area and that that proper alignment is really a, is helping so many functions including vertical loading i might add like the vertical loading of weight coming down through the spine and then you add any weight in your limbs um you need that that well aligned posture to maintain that um moshe feldenkrais you might have heard of feldenkrais moshe feldenkrais stated that one of the most important criteria for good movement is the ability to move in any direction at any time with a minimum preparation. So when we have our posture in a more neutral alignment, optimal alignment, we have a lot of movement options. So going back to what Feldenkrais said, we are really calibrated to move well. Um, We can move We can move from our prime movers, and then our our stabilizers, meaning the core stabilizers, the postural stabilizers, help to keep our spine in neutral as often as possible. And that just really gives us a lot of movement options. The other thing about neutrality, when joints are stacked in that way, they absorb load and transfer force more efficiently. And so that, again, goes back to that energy. Another thing that um, Gray Cook said that I just loved is he said, um, spinal positions from vertical to horizontal. So if you think vertical is when we're standing up, horizontal is like plank. So any time in any position you give up spinal integrity to cover a movement pattern, that better not be an important, a highly loaded or frequent movement pattern is what he says because your limbs were made to get you, to move you, while conserving the integrity of your spine. And when you ins- when you conserve that, and that's called a neutral spine, which is part of your posture, you are preserving the integrity of your respiratory mechanism. You're preserving the integrity of the leverage of your pelvis and shoulder girdle, so they are stabilizing, so that you can move your limbs efficiently. You're preserving the transfer mechanism between limbs, so one-legged stance, walking, running, whatever you're doing. So you're really just assuring that your breathing, your lymphatic drainage, your leverage points, all of it are working well. And the more uncompromised your spine is, meaning it's not moving when it shouldn't be, which is a lot of the time, the clearer your thinking is. Because we, this is what a gray cook said, we aren't, quote, kinking the garden hose where your brain talks to the rest of your body. When you are in that more optimal posture position, statically and dynamically, you're gonna have better feedback to the brain, better feedback to the muscles. The muscles that are supposed to be moving are gonna be moving. The ones that are stabilizing are supposed to be stabilizing. You have lots of movement choices and you are prepared for movement. And so all of that is, there, those are so many parts of why posture is important. Pain should be the last thing We don't want pain, that's the lowest bar. We want energy, efficiency, motor control, flexibility, balance, choices. And we're going to get all those when we work on improving our overall posture awareness, certainly dynamically, meaning with movement. So I hope that I'm convinced you enough, if you do hear, hey, posture doesn't matter, all these studies show that it has no correlation with pain, that's fine. I see those and I'm like, okay, studies are subjective, they have lots of flaws within them. And I'm gonna think more intuitively, like what else are we concerned with beyond pain? How about that I wanna have energy. I wanna be able to go on a hike with a backpack on my, you know, that I haven't been carrying for a while without thinking about it. I wanna be able to travel. And if something is required there that I use scuba dive or snorkel or run or play with my kids, I wanna be able to do those things And not be inhibited by, I don't have the energy, I don't have the stamina, I don't have the movement control, I don't have the movement availability. All of those things are based from your standing position. Remember what I said, how well it's people that are the standing and the ending position are part of it. Like you can't run a race if there's not a beginning and a finish. You know, you're just running. So movement is movement, but it starts somewhere and it ends somewhere. And those can give you glimpses of how you're moving and why you're moving more optimally or less optimally. So do the work. If you haven't taken the lit class, join. You've got a two-week free trial. Try our foundational series where I go through the developmental patterns and why they're so important and how they can help you rewire movement and rewire posture, and improve your breathing, improve your core strength, improve your overall well-being. But we have so many other classes on there. They're all based on this uh, blueprint that's really set up to rewire that all of us have some suboptimal habits that may or may not ever lead to pain. But let's, again, let that be the lowest bar. I want, I want to feel energetic. I want to feel vibrant. I want to into practice and not feel depleted. Um, so I hope that, you know, you'll give those a try. Go to just go to lityoga.com and join the Lit Daily for two week free trial. If you have any questions, you can always write us at support at lityoga. But please know that posture matters. I think a lot of you know that, but you might not also be aware that it is a pretty hot, um, de- hotly debated topic in the movement world. And it, of course it matters. It's our starting position. It's how we hold our carriage of energy. So let's hold it well and write me if you have any questions. Please rate and rate this episode or any of our episodes. Subscribe and share with friends. I really appreciate you all and your feedback and your just support and love. And as always, I'm pulling for you.